I'm Michael Pardue, and this is the Just Ministry podcast. Uh, glad to have you with us today. It has been quite some time since we have been uh, with you. In fact, as I say we, I guess I should say I. Uh, some things uh, have uh, changed in uh, the world of uh, educational design and development and First Baptist Eichert. Uh, Dr. Justice Smith, who uh, was my co-host uh, on the podcast, uh, has uh, relocated um, and uh, is living uh, in western North Carolina and uh, working there. And so uh, we uh, definitely miss having him around, uh, but uh, trying to get the uh, podcast back up and going. Um, the Just Ministry podcast is all about ministry. We uh, do not talk about um, issues of the day, as it were, as far as uh, politics or uh, denominational infighting. We know there's plenty of that, and you can find all of that on Twitter. Uh, and I'm sure if you want to, uh, you have. Uh, but we don't do that. We talk about uh, ministry, uh, in particular local church ministry, and uh, just things that are practical and that are, uh, we hope, uh, useful to uh, the local church a pastor. Uh, I'm the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Eichard, North Carolina. Uh, you will have to look that up. Nobody knows where that is, and that is okay. Uh, I've been here for almost seven years and uh, enjoy pastoring uh, the people here. Uh, today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about partnerships, and I, I don't know if that's something that gets um, talked about a lot on podcasts and things like that, but that's something uh, that is really near and dear to my heart, our partnerships um, between churches and between uh, other entities. Uh, you know, in our world as Baptists, we have associations and state conventions, uh, national convention that we relate with, and we relate with them uh, for the purpose of partnership. And so, uh, in our time together today, that's really what I want to talk about and think about and emphasize is uh, this concept of a partnership. What is it like to work together and why are partnerships necessary? I think that's the one that I really want to start out with is why are partnerships necessary? I think it's an obvious answer. Um, there are you know, over 7 billion people in the world. Um, the vast majority of them are not believers. Uh, many hundreds of millions, uh, billions even, have never heard uh, the gospel. And so there is much work to be done. And I believe that work is accomplished um, better uh, that we fulfill the the commands that the Lord has given us. We fulfill the commission that he has given us better, more efficiently, more comprehensively uh, when we do so together. You take any you know, one individual church, no matter you know how large that church might be, no matter how... Um, you know, large their their budget and their reach might be, no matter how many staff members they have or missionaries they could support on their own. Uh, the reality is that that if they did all of that and they did it to an extent that has never been seen before in efficiency, 
there would still be a lot of work left to do. If they, you know, used every dollar that they had uh, to its, you know, its fullest, uh, nothing was wasted. If every man hour uh, that that their membership uh, put together, uh, that their pastoral staffs, um, you know, combined together to do, if if they did all of that at at a rate that had never been seen before, there would still be a tremendous amount of work left to do. And so because that is the case, we are then able to partner, and I think called upon to partner together so that we can do the work together because the work that we have is not a work of just a church um, you know, or even a, a denomination or uh, a, a single person, but the work we have is a kingdom work uh, that we're called to one kingdom together to accomplish, you know, the great thing that God has called us to. And so if we are going to accomplish that to the greatest extent possible, if we are going to be uh, the most effective, if we are going to see the most lives change, the most people come uh, from darkness into light, we're going to have to uh, commit ourselves to doing that together. And so partnerships then become churches working together in their community. So my church is stronger when we work with other churches around us. We have a common goal. Now, I know not, not everyone sees that, and, and there is unfortunately a tremendous amount of um, competition between churches and communities because you feel like you're pulling from a small pool of people. And, you know, if you get people to come to your church, uh, then, you know, they are providing resources for you and they're, 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 you know, they're putting money in the offering plate and they're putting in uh, man hours. And, and sometimes you feel like you need those things, but that is not the attitude to have to accomplish a kingdom mindset because the kingdom is so much larger than my individual church, uh, my individual ministry. And so when we say, okay, I'm going to look at the churches in my community, we're going to partner together because together we can reach this particular community God has called us to in a greater way than we can on our own. Instead of our church being an island, um, we can realize that, that we are a collective of many different uh, organizations of people in a particular community, and we can pool together resources with the goal of reaching the community. Now, if the goal becomes growing our church, it's going to be hard to do that because once you partner together, the question is going to be, well, who, you know, who gets the people? Uh, but if the goal is the kingdom, if the purpose is the kingdom, then we say, okay, we can we can pull together and we can do some great things, uh, e- even if the reward is uh, that this person ends up at another church. You know, they end up baptized by another pastor. Uh, if we can accept that, if we can say, you know what, that is okay, uh, that that I can live with that, I can be excited about that, I can celebrate. Uh, another brother's um, accomplishment as he's you know baptizing them, or I can celebrate uh, that this person has gone from darkness into light, and now they are 
uh, members of another church, they're engaged in another fellowship. If you can live with that, you can partner together to see God do some some pretty tremendous things in your community. And I would just encourage you, even if you pastor the largest church in your community, and partnering with another church would mean that you are pooling resources with a church that really, their resources are not even comparable to yours. You still need that. I've heard pastors in large churches say, you know, we don't need this or that because we, we can do this or that or we have this ability. Well, that is wrong thinking. Because you may find that there are a number of people that your church is trying to reach who have no desire to go to a church your size. They, they desire a more intimate fellowship. They desire um, to be with a smaller group of people. They have some social anxieties that really cause them not to want to you know, be in that large of a group of people. And you need to be mindful of that. And I don't, I don't think that even saying, well, you know, we're a, we're a church of small groups. You know, we're really a bunch of little groups that meet together for a corporate fellowship, a corporate worship that is on a larger scale. That sounds good, but you need to know that that may not be the case for everyone who who comes through your door. Now, that may not be the case for everyone that you have the opportunity to reach out to at, at some type of uh, outreach event, uh, some type of, of program even that you're doing. They may enjoy the program, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be ready for that. And so uh, that's something that is extremely important to keep in mind is it may be that your church with your resources, you're able to, to really reach out to somebody, but they may be much more comfortable in a smaller church. You may reach, say, an older person who they're much more comfortable in a traditional um, setup. Or many, you know, there's many traditional churches that are larger. You may reach a younger person that that they feel like your church is too, you may be too formal for them. If you're in an area that has, um, you know, economic problems, uh, an economically depressed area, you know, maybe they feel more comfortable in that, that church that is more laid back or less formal. When we work together as churches, we really then see that not only do we have more resources, do we have more people, do we have a, a you know, more expanded reach? But then our churches are diverse enough that maybe we do have, we, we are a place between our group of churches that is um, more comfortable, you know, for someone who, who has just come to faith in Christ. They're trying to figure out their way, or maybe they haven't come to faith in Christ yet, and, and they just, they're trying to figure it out. They need to they need to know what's going on. They need to be around people that, that care for them and love them. And so there's all kinds of things there. So never think that you're too big to partner, too small to partner. Um, local partnerships have just the, the blessing of, of really serving a community in a way that none of our churches, regardless of what we have or what we offer, can do on our own. Okay, so that's kind of a, a local partnership idea. Now, if you think about on a a larger level, 
And, you know, if you're listening from a denomination that doesn't have uh, maybe anything past the local church or, or past a, a small group of churches um, that that gather in a local area or partner in a local area, you know, this may not mean as much. But if you if you do, you know, if you if you have a a are part of a denomination with a structure, if you will, uh, whether that's a top-down structure um, or or kind of a more bottom-up, uh, like we would be a Southern Baptist. You know, we have partnerships on on levels outside of uh, just um, you know just locally. So you know, I think about in our in our own denomination um, as the North Carolina Baptist, you know, we have our state broken into regions. And, you know, we often think that we go from, like, local uh, partnerships, which may be just in a community or, as you know, we call them with associations that are um, a small region, maybe a city or a county. Uh, but even even in our state, you know, we have regions where, you know, we gather a couple times a year with people from other parts of our region just to celebrate what God has been doing and to worship together. And to me, that's a great time of encouragement because, one, I've pastored um, at several different churches in that region. And so I get to see people that I um, have known for a long time at some of these gatherings. We get to worship together again. Uh, just hear what God is doing, uh, especially as it relates to missions and mission partnerships. And so, you know, you, you should seek that out. Uh, be a part of gatherings like that, uh, just so that you can spend time in in getting to know other brothers um, and sisters who are, you know, within a short driving distance, who have similar interests as you do in in partnering and in working together. And you may find that those become people that you want to partner with on, again, missions and projects and outreach that, that you couldn't do on your own. Um, you find out things that, that, that are happening in their areas that, that may be you know a, a movement of God that you want to see in your own area. Uh, so there's a lot of great benefit to doing that. You know, Then we have a partnership level on the state, and for us, you know, you've got... Uh, over 4,000 churches across North Carolina here who pool resources for the purpose of ministry. And when we, you know, give uh, financially, when we go uh, to various places and, again, work on uh, various partnerships, we do so with other churches that may be several hours from us. Um, they may have a, a very different um, experience than we do. They may be in urban areas. You know, in our state, we have mountains and coastal areas. We have folks in urban areas. We have very rural areas, and yet all of these churches from those particular areas are working together and partnering for the sake of the gospel. Well, it's very unlikely, and I'd say even impossible, that my church could do a fraction of the things that we do as partners. The mission partnerships that we have, the, um, the educational partnerships that we have, the way that we plant churches or at least work with um, other churches to plant churches, 
the way that we support church plants, uh, the way that we support church revitalizations. Uh, we support, again, educational ministries uh, here in our state through uh, a Bible college. Um, we support uh, children in need through our Baptist children's homes. Um, it's incredible when you begin to look at not only the partnerships that we have that exist across our state, which involve millions of people, and by the way, millions of people which are lost, but then we send out partnerships across the world on, you know, nearly, or I guess really in every continent, uh, among people who have never heard the gospel, we do that through planting churches within the state made up of people from those places who have never heard the gospel but have come here to North Carolina. We do that through, again, sending groups and missionaries and mission teams uh, to these places across the world that are difficult to get into, places where the gospel is not allowed, places where it's illegal. And that is done through the partnership of churches here in North Carolina. And what's incredible about that is it's not so far away that you can't know the people who are involved in the work. You're not sending an anonymous gift or partnering with anonymous people, but you have real people who you know, who you gather with to worship, um, to participate in these partnerships. And it's also an opportunity for churches to ensure that their members are involved in this process and involved in these partnerships. So again, it, it would be, it may be difficult, it probably would be difficult for my church to say, get up a team to go to one of these places. But if I have someone in my church that really has a passion for that, here are our partners that we already work with. Here are our partners who know the area. Here are our partners who are taking this mission trip or are participating in this project. And I could send just one person. And we would partner together to do something that my church could not do on its own. And again, I would encourage you that even if your church is large and you say we could do all these things on our own, you really can't to the extent you think you can. Again, the world is lost. And it's going to take more than one church, one ministry to see the world come to Christ. It's going to take the collective efforts. And so we've got these local community partnerships and we've got regional partnerships and a state partnership and then we've got a national partnership with over 40,000 churches across the country. Again, doing the same type of things working in cities within our country that have high concentrations of lostness, high concentrations of people from all over the world, sending missionaries to places who, that have never heard the gospel. And through that, we have thousands of missionaries and church planters. Again, my church, you know, its own Probably couldn't support one, honestly. But through the collective efforts, we support thousands. 
Through partnering, we support thousands. Again, even for a larger church, maybe you can put several missionaries out, maybe even dozens. But the world needs tens of thousands more than we even have, even now as we have been collectively doing our work. And so how you know, extremely important it is that we partner together for that work. Uh, you know, again, a neat thing for us as Southern Baptists is we're, you know, is what we do. Is we also, you know, have educational institutions that help train the next generation of pastors, missionaries, theologians. And all of that is through a partnership with the churches. And it is certainly uh, my belief that in that, that we are... Uh, significantly stronger together than um, we are apart. And I know that there are many churches that that really value their independence. They they see that as something that's extremely important. Uh, I think as as a Baptist, I certainly um, you know value our autonomy and the fact that our church can make its own decisions. Uh, but I think when we partner, we do so joyfully uh, because it is a, um, a truly great and exciting thing for us. So, so seeing those opportunities, if you're thinking about, you know, how, how does my church do that? What does it look like? Um, I, I think start by, by trying to find uh, fellow pastors in your community, uh, assuming you're a pastor listening, um, if not other people in your community, other leaders in their church, and say, hey, how, how can we work together for the kingdom here in our community? Not worrying about our church, not worrying about building up our church, not trying to do something um, that that builds our church up, but can we do something together that builds the kingdom up? And I think this is a great place to start. Again, you know, if, if you are a Southern Baptist, make sure that you're engaged in the work of your association and in the work of um, your convention, state convention, um, the national convention. Uh, make sure that you are engaged in those. Uh, but build partnerships locally. And never discount the value of those partnerships. So if you look at your association and say, and you say, man, I just don't think it's functioning like it should. Okay, go be a part of it and help. If you look at the state convention that you're in and say, man, I wish we were doing this or doing that, go be involved. Know what you're talking about. That is exceedingly frustrating when you are uh, dealing with someone who is uh, you know, looking at their state convention or their association and saying, you know, hey, we... Uh, man, I really wish we were doing this, or I really wish we were doing that. And, you know, come to find out, they don't really know what they're doing. They don't really know what's going on. They don't really know what's happening. Be involved. Be connected. Go into it looking for the value. One of the things you've got to realize is with most of these institutions, they are really, you know, not really old, but most of them are, are 
pretty old institutions. There's a reason that they have lasted so long to the point where all the people that were a part of their founding are, are long gone. They saw value there. And with any institution, sometimes over time, if the mission changes or the purpose changes, yeah, it looks like the value is gone, but it can be recaptured. Our communities are lost and they need churches. They need partnerships for the sake of the gospel. And so I would, I would just encourage you to make sure that you are uh, connected with those institutions and that you are utilizing them um, to partner with for the sake of the gospel. To, to make sure that, that you are um, you're being a part of what God wants us to do through working together. Because again, if we didn't need to work together, then, then clearly we would have got our work done. We would have been finished with the Great Commission uh, when we got you know, went through our independence. But we haven't been. And with so much work to do, we have to do it together. And so I encourage you to get engaged and, and, you know, welcome you if you've got questions about what that looks like, uh, what that could be. Um, you know, especially if you're here in, in North Carolina, I'd be glad to help you uh, with that. Reach out to us uh, through the, the Just Ministry website and uh, be glad to try to help you with that. Uh, a final thing for today, um, thinking about ministry resources, and this is not something we did kind of in the first generation of the podcast, but just something I thought would be uh, helpful. Um, you know, I'm always looking for better ways to study and better ways to, um, you know, get my work done. I'm trying to be efficient. And I'm kind of a weird um, creature when it comes to my preparation for my messages, because I've never, I guess, in uh, however long I've been preaching now, um, 13, 14 years, never really had a, a set way that I worked on messages. And you can see that like through, I guess what, or like various developments in my preaching. Uh, I used to have the little notebook um, with the, the plastic page inserts and, you know, would flip through the book. And I've had, um, you know, a little partial page of handwritten notes and then I've had the text with notes in it and some outline to the side and just various things and uh, they work for me and that works for me. Maybe you have an extreme ritual that you go through every week and that works for you and that's fantastic if that is the case. Um, but one of the things that I have struggled with is moving to a full digital um, outline and, and just digital records which is problematic I don't normally preach sermons a second time, but occasionally when I travel, I do want to, to have that outline. Um, I want to have it for teaching or for preaching, and, you know, I've just not been great at keeping up with them. Uh, one of the things that I've moved to recently, and I've not been doing it very long, so I can't say, hey, I'm going to do this forever, but the little bit of time I have been doing it, it has been very helpful for me. Um, tablets now are coming into... Um, you know, they have, the, the stylists have been out, I guess, forever, uh, what seems like forever now. Um, but recently, uh, picked up, uh, an iPad and iPencil or Apple pencil, whatever they call it. And 
found in Word that I could copy my text into Word and with some settings could then use the pencil to uh, annotate things. Um, the text is there printed, uh, my notes annotated, but then save it as a Word document. And by saving it as a Word document, now I've got my printed text, my written, handwritten notes, which I like, um, but also have it saved digitally uh, so that I can uh, retrieve it later. But I can also print it out. And by using the tools, I can print it out in color. And so various words marked in different colors or outlined in a certain color, things like that. And uh, as I change things, I could print out another copy because I, I only take a paper copy to the, the pulpit. Don't take a tablet or anything like that. Um, afraid it's going to turn off for something. And I don't know that I'm old enough to have those fears, uh, but I do think they're legitimate and paper has never uh, locked me out or anything like that. And so um, it's, it's really a neat combination for me of someone who lives in the digital world a lot, uh, but still likes you know, printed books and handwritten notes, uh, I get to have a bit of both. And so it's something that has uh, been good in the time that I've been using it, which again, not very long um, and don't know how long it will be, but has been very helpful. So if you are in that place where you'd like the digital and the printed, it might be something to think about. It could be something helpful. And again, for me, it has been very nice in my planning of sermons and has actually helped me to get uh, done more quickly, which is always a good thing, um, and do so more efficiently, which is also a good thing because time is always limited. So something you might try, you may have those resources already, and it might be something neat uh, in your Bible study or sermon preparation. So well, we appreciate you joining us this week. Um, on the Just Ministry podcast. I uh, look forward to talking to you again and just encourage you, if you don't have partnerships, if you're out there all alone in ministry, I don't believe that's the way God intended. Uh, find some other people. Uh, find some other leaders in your community, some other pastors, some other church leaders, and say, hey, how can we work together for our community where God has placed us for the kingdom? Um, I think you'll find that, that God's really going to use that, and I think you'll be encouraged by the relationships you build through it. This is the Just Ministry podcast brought to you by Educational Design and Development. I'm Michael Pardue, and I hope you have a wonderful week.